Hey, podcast listener, are you working so hard you wonder if the money is even worth it? If you're like most CPAs I work with, you have way too much to do, you feel relentless deadline pressure, and worst of all, you feel torn between serving clients and being with family. What if I told you you could work a 40-hour week without losing a dime? I know it sounds impossible, but my Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is designed for CPAs just like you who want to get their lives back. Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is launching soon. In it, you'll learn how to start getting your time back week by week, make your workload manageable while still bringing in plenty of revenue, what to put in your packages and how to price them, and so much more. Don't leave your future to chance. CPA Mastermind will get you on the same profitable path you've been searching for. With unlimited coaching, your success is guaranteed. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there. There are some people that, you know, you're getting 200, 300 emails a day. CEO, you know, people in the C's especially, you know, they're getting a lot of mail that they don't need to be reading or um, weeds in their flower garden. If they were just spending time in their inbox to make sure that they got to inbox zero every day, then they are sacrificing what their, what their line of genius is, what their important work is. Welcome to the Smart Strategy for CPAs podcast, where I help you work less and earn more. My name is Geraldine Carter. Do you ever get sucked into your email inbox, wander around in there for hours, only to resurface, wondering where the time went and why you went in there in the first place? Having a disorderly system to process your email, or worse, no system at all, can cost you hours a day of lost efficacy. Losing just one hour a day all year long is the equivalent of six and a half weeks of work time. My guest today is Marcy Rader, a productivity expert and the president of Rader Company. Her training company specializes in helping accountants and CPAs to get on top of their email tasks and their calendar. Today, it's all about getting your time back by learning the secrets of processing your email so that you stay out of the inbox vortex. Marcy, welcome to the Smart Strategy for CPAs podcast. Thank you, Geraldine. I'm excited to be here and um, more so because you sent me a screenshot of your inbox zero after you took my webinar. Yes. And as I've said many times and thought many times more, it is so awesome to have inbox zero. I can't even tell you how much time it has saved me to not get distracted by like 35 emails just sitting there idly waiting for me to do something about them. Once you get to inbox zero, it can be addictive. Yeah. Yes. It is. I'm never going back. I'm never going back. Emails stay in there for like 30 seconds and then they're gone again. Um, so let's jump in with the problem that is email. Talk to us about What's happening that so many people are getting bogged down in their inboxes? Sure. The, the problem got even worse with COVID. So let's start there. Um, we already had, you know, and we were already inundated with emails. But then when COVID hit and a lot of people started working virtually, what happened was this overcommunication because they weren't used to it. There were not guardrails in place. Um, you were accessible all the time, even more so than before. And because a lot of time, a lot of people had kids at home. And so they were working odd hours. They started sending emails at all at odd hours and people, you know, 
because of reactivity, they're responding to them at odd hours and it gets into this awful loop and it's hard to kind of come back from it. And email is necessary and important, but it is typically not why anyone was hired for their job. Nobody says, I'm the best email checker you will find. Or I won an award at my previous company for my reactivity to email. Nobody, nobody says that unless you are in customer service, which our listeners are not. Thinking about it in terms of what is my line of genius? What am I hired for? Email is important, but it is not my primary reason that I'm here. And it should be processed like a task instead of just reacted to all day. So let's talk about guardrails because email never came with guardrails and it never came with a manual for how to do it well without wasting your time. So how much time are people wasting because there are no guardrails? Well, email is like wild, wild west. And you are absolutely right. Most of us were not trained on email. I would say, you know, only in the last 10 or 15 years were people trained on how to be efficient or effective with email. We were just given it and expected to know how to use it. The guardrails are loose with companies because they don't always think about, you know, in their communication structure, you know, when and how to send them. And it's been interesting, especially with COVID in the last year that, I mean, I've always, email is the number one thing people bring me into their company for, but even more so in the last year because it's gotten worse because everybody works remotely and those guardrails are gone. And so what I have companies do is take a step back and figure out, you know, what are those boundaries that we're going to give people? And it's so easy to do because you can schedule your emails to send later. Um, and, And that's not even just, you know, giving somebody their evening back, but it's also putting an email in somebody's inbox when they're most likely to read it. You know, if you're sending an email at seven or eight o'clock at night, then to a client, well, they may have decision fatigue at that point. They're maybe looking at it on their phone. They're not completely present. So then if they don't want to reply back then, then they wait until the next day. Well, then it's it's already read. And so it's more likely to get missed. Um, You don't want to send really important things for people to sign at night. Um, because they're, they tend to resort to status quo or fear-based decisions if they're tired. So there's, there's really a strategy behind email and people are, are more likely to just react and reply and send instead of really thinking about the strategy because email is a tool. It is, it is a tool that we can use to help our business, but people aren't thinking about it in that way. Yeah, no, I've never thought about it this way. I doubt our listeners have much either. We're just like you say, we're given the tool, we start using it. Before we get into the specifics about how to be better at emailing and processing your email, what are good strategies for using email? So processing it like a task, thinking about it like a task. So whether that is I process, notice I don't say check, but I process my email three times a day or at these times you know, something where it's more like a task and not a reaction. That's one thing from a strategy perspective, because, you know, if you're switch tasking or context switching all day long, email, tax return, email project, email this, email that, then you're never truly focused on anything. 
but also that context switching leads to decision fatigue. And when you are reacting to email all day, that's one of those reasons why you get to the end of the day and you've been like, I'm working all, I've worked eight hours. I don't even know what I did. You know, I just felt busy all day. It leads to that busy feeling. Mm -hmm. So having, having it where it's like, I'm going to process these times or this many times a day, setting a time frame for it, you know, like for 25 minutes, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to process boom. And then I go on to something else. And I'm not just sitting in there until the emails stop coming because then you might never get out of there. Right. Because you send it and then they reply and then you send in there and you're like, I'm never going to get out of this email hole. Um, So that's one thing. Also, you know, thinking about it in terms of the strategy and when you send those emails, you know, using the delay send, if you are in Outlook, using snooze, if you use Gmail or, or not snooze, I'm sorry, but send later, if you use Gmail and boomerang and putting it in an inbox when somebody is most likely to read it. For me, I use something called Inbox Pause, which you can use with G Suite platform. You can also use it with um, Outlook. It's an extension. Your company would have to let you use that. But I don't see any of my emails except for twice a day. They all come in at once, twice a day. So I can get, they're there. I can access them if I want to, but I'm not seeing them in my inbox. So I'm not getting distracted by what's in there. So I can send emails all day long, but I I don't have to see and get distracted by what's in there. So think about it too from a strategy standpoint. Okay, and the strategy is basically to be intentional and thoughtful and directed about your email rather than just having it be this low grade occupying a bunch of your bandwidth but not really making meaningful progress in your business necessarily. Correct. And one of the um, acronyms that I refer to is Ohio, only handle it once. And that is a tough behavior to master um, because a lot of people will read an email and then they'll either mark it unread and come back to it, or they'll, you know, just because they get to know what it says, you know, they'll read it knowing that they don't have time to address it. And if, you know, you would never go out to your physical mailbox, read a letter and then stick it back in your mailbox to come back to it. But people do that with email all the time. And you've just wasted a decision. You just wasted it. And so if, you know, two minutes before we signed on for this podcast, I got an email from my accountant who I had just asked him today, like, can you recommend a new bank? Can you, you know, send me some names? And because my accountant's emails, this is no joke, his bypass, the inbox pause, and I allow only his emails to, to come in at any time of day um, because that's how much I love my, my CPA uh, and how important I feel that he is. But his emails came in and it was an introduction to, to a bank. Well, I know I'm not going to have time to address that in just a couple minutes. There's no reason for me to open it until I have time to actually deal with it. So if you can tell by the subject line, you cannot do anything with that email, resist the urge and don't open it. Ohio. Only handle it once. I love it. Yeah. It's really easy to get numb 
to what's going on, right? You see the status quo in your life and you think this is normal. This is fine. This is just the way things are. Oh, well, and you don't really seek to change it. Maybe you don't even recognize that it's a problem. Or if you do, you're like, I'm not even sure I can change this. What symptoms are people going to be experiencing if they are not managing their email properly? If their family points it out, for one thing, that they're always on their phone and they're not present. Um, if you have to have your phone, at, you know, when you're eating or when you're just standing in line for 10 seconds, you know, we can't even go up an elevator without pulling out our phone. It's like this elevator ride will take us 15 seconds, but everybody's on their phone, you know, looking at their email because they, they don't have 15 seconds. If you repeatedly drop the ball and you miss things from your inbox or you find yourself rereading all of the time. Um, you know, specific emails. And, you know, most people that come to me, we, for private coaching, we start in the inbox. Um, they recognize that there is a, pro you know, maybe not necessarily a problem, but they want to decrease their amount of time in there. And I don't know anybody that loves email, you know, they're, that, that say, I want more of it. You know, um, so, so that makes it easy. So here's an, ex here's an example. I had one of my first clients, Sarah, she's a CPA and she was a fractional CFO at the time with four, four or five different companies. And she was checking email at night and on the weekends. And I said, well, when would you like to stop processing and stop working? She said, I'd like to be done by six, but I need to be available at least to the COO, to the C's, COOs and the CEOs. And I was like, okay, just give me one week. Don't look at your email after 6 p.m., you know, during the week, none on the weekend. And she did not want to do it, but she's like, okay, one week. What she discovered was that two things. The emails that were sent at night or in the evenings or on the weekends, none of them were urgent that she had to respond to. Like if she saw the next morning that there were emails that were sent, none of them were emails she had to respond to right away. She also realized that if she would have responded to them, then that loop would be continuing. And not only were they taking her evening, she was stealing their evening. She was stealing their weekend. And so we don't often think about like, somebody's emailing me at night, you know, trying to watch Netflix or whatever. Well, now when you reply, now you're also taking their evening or their weekend. And so it's really a courtesy. It's good self-care and self-respect for you and your family, but also it's a courtesy to other people. Yeah. You're also helping them hold boundaries that they want to have. Yeah. And they would just as soon have their weekends as well. Exactly. And some people will say, you know, well, it's on them if they're wanting to check, if they're checking their email. And I agree with that to an extent. And this is where I, this is where the extent comes into play. If you are in a position of hierarchy, it does not matter how many times you tell your team, I like to work at night and on the weekends, I'm a night owl, um, but you don't have to respond. If they know that you're sending them emails, they will feel compelled some of them will even say obligated to respond. 
And um, an example I have is there was a VP, there was one of five VPs gone through my course, knows all the things that she's supposed to do. And at noon on a Sunday, the CEO sent an email to the VPs. And the CEO, when she came on board, said, I like to work weekends, I'm a night owl, you don't have to respond to me. Within an hour, four of the five VPs had responded. My friend was um, at a picnic, like a family reunion. And she said, at that point, I was like, dang it. Now I have to respond because I'm the only one that didn't. <laughs> and she even knew, she knew, she was like, this is so bad. And I said, first of all, why are your notifications on your phone? But secondly, it does not matter if you were in a position of hierarchy. If you have a team of 20, there's probably only two of those people that are not going to feel compelled. Yeah. There's so much more going on than the simple, do I check or do I not? There's a lot more social dynamics in play than I think we realize. Let's keep going with these specifics around how to reduce the amount of email that we get and how to do the things that allow us to Ohio only handle it once. So the Ohio is more of a behavior than anything else. And that I would consider that like a master behavior if you are reactive, because that fear of missing out, that like, oh, I want to open it so bad, that's really hard for people. So I just say start with turning off all your notifications. They are not there to help you. Um, they are there to give you a dopamine drip. And your body gets, your brain gets used to that dopamine drip and wants more of it. And over time, that reactivity just keeps increasing and increasing and increasing. And it never helps you to read the subject line of one email in the lower right-hand corner of your screen in the middle of another email. Doesn't help you. So turning off your notifications. If you think about it from the perspective of your settings, your default settings are never there to make you the most productive. They are there to get you to use the product more. Right. They're always there to get you to use the product more. So turning off your notifications, that would be one. And you're talking not just about mobile, you're talking about desktop. Oh yeah. People that have, they're like, I have it on my, comes in on my phone, comes in on my computer, comes in on my watch. <laughs> it's on my and, iPad. Yeah, it's like four, yeah, four different my... things going bing, bing, bong, bong. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But turning them all off, hundreds of clients, I've never had anybody go back to turning on their notifications. So that would be the easiest. Okay. And that's always the first thing I do with anybody. The other thing, the second thing I typically do is create rules and filters. And in Outlook, it's called rules. In Gmail, it's called filters. And you can create rules where um, in Outlook, say like certain clients come in in a different color. Like maybe you have four big clients and two of them are your super special clients. And you want them to not only stand out, but also when you do process your inbox, you can say like, okay, I'm going to process all these green right now because that's, you know, the Carter company or something. And so you can do it that way. You can also create rules where emails that you don't need to see right now, but maybe you want to have access to just bypass the inbox and go to another folder that could be 
QuickBooks reports or bank reports, all like if you get a lot of reports all day long that, you know, maybe you, you want to look at them all at once. They, you can just have them all go to your reports folder and then process them all at once. In Gmail, um, what I, one of the things that I was telling you about is with inbox pause, when, you're in, when your inbox is paused all day long, you can um, have certain domain names where, or certain people, certain email addresses where those always come in and you see them right away. And um, not because I'm trying to suck up to CPAs, but that is the truth. My CPA is one of those people that if he sends me an email, it comes through. Um, he and my biggest client. Also, when I'm waiting for a, a contract to come back, Sometimes I will have that email address where it will just come in. But then I also have lab or filters where like payment notifications or statement notifications. I don't need to know that a bill was paid. It was all, it's automatic. It gets paid every month, but I can't unsubscribe from that payment notification. So I can filter that out because I want my inbox to only be what's current, relevant, and important. And that tends to be, you know, emails from my clients and payments to me. That's nice. Okay. I want to, let's dig in on some details here. And I'm a Gmail user, so I can't speak to Outlook except to say that I left Outlook 15 years ago and I was hesitant, but my friend talked me into it. And the minute I did, I went, holy heck, this is so much faster. So let's, let's talk about that for just a second, because some people probably really cannot switch, no. but for the hanger honors who potentially can switch, but maybe aren't, has Outlook caught up to speed in Gmail or, okay, you're shaking your head no. Oh, no. <laughs> for listeners, like full on 180 side to side head shake because you <laughs> oh, can't see Marcy. <laughs> yes, yes. So there used to be this perception that Gmail was not as safe as Outlook. But the Google Workspace, the Google Work Platform is awesome. And there's so many extensions that you can use, especially if you're a business owner, that make your world just oh, it's so much easier. I joke that my business is run on, Gmail, or on Google extensions, you know, because I just, I use so many of them. Outlook, there's so much about it that's proprietary that you have to buy the Outlook product or, you know, um, that these extensions that are awesome, like the Inbox Plus, they just don't even try to make them for Outlook. So yes, if you are a, an Outlook user and you have the choice, your capabilities to manage your inbox are so much better with the Google Suite platform. Google for business, Google for business, yeah. Okay, awesome. All right. So the take home there is if you've got a choice, move over to Google. If you have a choice, it's, uh, I, I don't know anybody that's gone back. No, I have not gone back. I didn't even think about it for 30 seconds. I was like, holy smokes, look at all the time I've wasted being over here on Outlook. Yeah. I mean, it was like, it was instantaneous. I no longer had to drag and drop emails and put them in a folders. <laughs> so let's dig into some specifics because I'm trying to imagine this is the second time I've heard you talk, right? Um, and I did. I was not able to set up filters in the way that you're talking about and make them work, not because I don't know how to set up filters, but just because I don't understand the design. And we love details over here on the Smart Strategy for CPAs podcast. So when you set up the filter, and I'm not gonna talk about rules because I'm not in Outlook, 
And there are things you want to read like payment notifications or reports, but they bypass the inbox. So you set up you set up the filter and then you tag it so that it goes into a folder, even though it's not a folder, it's just a tag. But then what's the label on that folder? Is it payment notifications Is it and re- or reports? And how do you know to go read that? I would need something to prompt me to go read it. Otherwise, it's just going to get kind of lost in my list of folders and I'll forget to, I won't even think I'm going to read it. So to create the filter, when that email comes in, then, and you click on more, then you click on filter messages like these. And then you can copy and paste the subject because that tend, it tends to be the same subject every time, like statement from whatever. And when you create the filter, then you can choose to um, have it bypass the inbox, to star it, to apply a label to it, um, mark it as important, whatever you want to do. But then the key is to not have so many labels that you're hyper-organized and to, to only maybe have a few labels. So then when those new emails go in there, you see that there are emails in there. Oh, and red emails because it's highlighted. Yeah, because it'll, it'll show in bold. Yeah. Okay. So then you, the prompt then is that your eyes need to scan down through your list of labels to see which folders have unread emails in them. Yes. But if it's something like, you know, I need to look at these reports once a week or something, then you may have to put it as a recurring task or, or just, you know, maybe put it as a recurring task every day to check those filters until you get used to it because it's just, it's a new behavior. Yeah. Okay. Great. So let's also talk about inbox pause okay. because the thing that freaks me out about inbox pause that hasn't, uh, that's gotten in my way of turning it on is that sometimes there are people that I'm waiting to hear back from, but they're not regular people. So for example, I'm waiting to hear back from um, somebody to schedule a podcast interview and we were just in the middle of conversing back and forth and I kind of want to get it wrapped up. But I don't want to go through the trouble of like figuring out their email address and putting like let them bypass and da 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 da. So what I've done as my own workaround, and you can tell me why this doesn't work, um, is create a label that's called to process, and basically all my email just skips the inbox and goes to the label to process, and then I can sneak a peek in there and see if they've replied. But otherwise, everything just skips the inbox. So is that effectively the same as pause inbox or? So if you use Boomerang which there's a free version and um, a paid version, I invest in the paid version, then you can have it boomerang back into your inbox after like three days or five days if nobody responds. Like you can choose if nobody responds in 24 hours or three days or five days, then I want it to pop back up in my inbox. So that's one way. Um, I use, this is an extension. I use an extension called Streak. And Streak will actually let me track an email to see how many times it's been opened. So I know if an email has been opened by somebody else. And that is something important for all of your listeners to know, is that the days of you saying, sorry, I didn't get your email, are over. Because there are so many ways for people to know if you actually saw the email. So If I track an email, which I don't track all of them, I only track, um, you know, contracts, things like that. I know how many times you opened it, what part of the country you were in. Um, I know if it's been viewed 13 times or one time, and I know as soon as it's been viewed. This is, this could be helpful for people who have email that sometimes lands in spam. 
so that you can genuinely look and see, did they actually see it or not? Or did they actually open it or not? Yeah. That's super helpful because yes, it's Gmail's not perfect in terms of deliverability. No. And it's one of the reasons why I use it, especially if it's somebody new, like a new company that I'm working with, because some company spam filters are so um, strong. And even though mine is, you know, Marcy at Hello Raider Co., it still will go into a spam filter, but I can, you know, see like, oh, they never opened that email. And it's somebody that requested a proposal from me. So I know that that they want it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so can you filter the ones that haven't been opened with streak? Yeah. You can see it pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Cause it, it has a little eyeball, whether it's closed or open. Cause that helps you know when to follow up without being a pest. Exactly. You can spin out in that thought loop pretty easily. Should I follow up today? How about now? How about now? Now? Yes. Now the right time? Yeah. How about now? And it certainly is helpful to know, like, they've looked at my proposal 10 times. They're probably <laughs> pretty interested. Yeah. Okay, great. You said something about you want to look at email that is current, relevant, and important. For those of us who are so used to all email is just the same, it's all email. How do we even begin to think about what is current, what's relevant, what's important? How do we grade those things? I like to use, I used to just use the unread and read in Gmail. I'll I'll address both Outlook and Gmail. But I've since gone to using in Gmail, the primary promotions and updates tabs. And so then, you know, all of the updates are in one folder. I can process those real quick. Promotions, one, sometimes I can process in one fell swoop. And then the primary, I've trained it to just be emails from people and like real emails that I need to address. So that is helpful. In Outlook, there's an option called focused and there's an option called clutter. And so you can, or um, focused and other, and I think clutter, And so you can kind of train emails that way to go into certain buckets. And, you know, if somebody accidentally ends up in clutter or in other, you can say, you know, no, this needs to go in focus and train it that way. You know, we have to, again, email is a tool. And so sometimes you have to spend time to get things set up properly. And, you know, I work hard to make my life easy. (laughs) So sometimes you have to spend the time to learn the system better, one YouTube tutorial or, you know, like three sessions with me or something like that can save you the hours, which you said six weeks, six and a half weeks. Of work. Yeah. Yeah. And to that point, when I, and for listeners, um, when I watched your webinar and I said, okay. And I kind of blocked off the afternoon and I just plowed through and I reorganized my Gmail inbox, my folders, my labels. I had so much clutter in there. And it took three hours, but right away I started noticing the difference just to get, give people a sense of potentially what it might take. It's not going to take five minutes. Yeah, it's not going to take five minutes. I'm glad you said three hours, but I will tell you, listeners, the next day I got that screenshot from Geraldine. Yeah, <laughs> inbox zero. She's like, I love it. I love it. That's yeah. true. And I was so excited. And I, it feels so much lighter. I feel lighter in my being. I can't even tell you how, how different it is. Yes. And it's the same on my phone. Yes. Cause now if I'm, you know, waiting 15 minutes to pick up my daughter or whatever, and I go over to my phone, I, I'm going to tell you a secret that I look at my phone in the car if I'm waiting and it's inbox zero. And I'm like, oh, right. Actually, I don't have to be in here. No, you don't. <laughs> but let me, let me make one important point. Um, and that is about inbox zero. It's awesome. And it feels good. 
but I don't promote that to all of my clients because there are some people that, you know, you're getting 200, 300 emails a day, um, CEO, you know, people in the C's, especially, you know, they're getting a lot of mail that they don't need to be reading a lot of um, junk or um, weeds in their flower garden. If they were just spending time in their inbox to make sure that they got to inbox zero every day, then they are sacrificing what their, what their line of genius is, what their important work is. And so, you know, it, it really depends on the role and the person, whether or not the in, zero is even a goal. And when I work with those type of people privately, it's creating as many rules and filters as we can to at least decrease that number and also coming up with the process to get that number down, but it may never be at zero. So for your people that are like, you know, I would be in there all day long because I get so many emails. It's not for you. There's ways to at least decrease it and, you know, um, pull some of those weeds out of your flower garden, but you may never get to the zero part. Yeah. Great. And thanks for saying that too. Um, and I'm not inside a company, so I don't get a ton, ton of email. So it's, um, it's a different game for me. So a long time ago, somebody said to me, pay attention to how people are treating you because you've trained them to treat you that way. Absolutely. It blew my doors off. I was like, wait, what? So bring this over to email. What are the things that companies, I think, especially need to notice about how their own clients or internally employees, whatever, are emailing them because they've inadvertently trained people for it to be that way. What you said is what I tell people all the time. You train people how you react or how you respond. And you train your clients how you react or how you respond. When I am with the client, I am fully focused on that client. If I'm in a coaching session, I am not answering an email right away, you know, like when it comes up. When, when people respond to me immediately, it actually worries me. Because one, I feel like, okay, you're just sitting in your inbox. And when I hear that, like, you know, even if it's my CPA, if he's always responding to me immediately, then it would worry me that, you know, are you not focusing on somebody's return? Or, you know, like I know that this, you know, unless you're in your inbox right then processing that you are being distracted from something else. And so if a company is promoting reactivity and immediate response time, unless you are in customer service, that is different, but this is not who we're talking to. But if they're promoting reactivity, what they're also promoting is distraction and more likely to make mistakes. And so this has to come from the top down. And this is actually somewhat recent. Um, I've been working with a team. One of the leaders is the worst culprit of reactivity. And if that's the example that's being presented for the company, then it's never going to trickle down. And, and you're treating your clients that, you know, you're scattered and reactive instead of focused and responsive. There are five steps to be able to process your email. Can you tell us what those are? Say you have 50 emails in your inbox. Delete, delegate, reply, archive task. So delete, quickly go through, delete the ones you don't need to see. Those are your weeds, pull them out. 
Delegate are the ones that if you're a bottleneck, you need to, you know, get rid of them, send them to your assistant, send them to somebody else. Uh, you don't want them sitting in your inbox. Um, reply, if it is two minutes or less that will take you to reply, do it right then. Don't come back to it if it's two minutes or less. Archive are the emails that you need to read and then file away. And then task are the ones that you, you know, move it out of your inbox and move it to a task. You can do that in Outlook, not by creating flags. That's not a very effective way for most people, but you can actually do a quick step and um, create a task to it. In Gmail, it's very simple to add to tasks and also be able to see it on your calendar view if you want to. The sixth option is not an option, which is leave it in my inbox. <laughs> and it. read it again and again and again. Yeah. This has been so super helpful. I know that there are a number of gems in here that listeners are going to tune into and implement. If people want to find out more about you and your recent book, where can they do that? Yes. So my the website is helloraderco.com. Um, and the um, my latest book is Work Well, Play More, Productive, Clutter-Free, Healthy Living, One Step at a Time. And it is 12 months of behavior change in levels of novice, pro, and master. And I want to give your listeners the first 21 pages and all the novice habits for month one um, in that book. And month one for productivity is all about notifications. Oh, I love it. And tell us the URL. We'll also include it in the show notes. Oh, sorry. Workwellplaymore.com forward slash gift. There is no www. Just type in workwellplaymore.com forward slash gift. Got it. It'll also be in the show notes if you're doing other things. This has been so great. Marcy Rader, thank you so much for coming on the Smart Strategy for CPAs podcast. My pleasure. If you're serious about getting a handle on your email or you want to be a lot more efficient, check out the show notes for this episode. I wrote up the notes and captured everything in a nice, neat outline form, which you can print off and work through. I recommend blocking off two hours next week to dig in and then another two hours the following week if you need more time still to clean house. Those hours you block to clean up your email process, you will get back in less than a week. I can promise you that it's worth it. And those hours that you get back will pay dividends for each of the following weeks. Be warned, though, if you're billing hourly, you're going to have to raise your rates because you're about to become a whole heck of a lot more efficient. Really, though, truly, if you're billing hourly, then go check out my website, shethinksbigcoaching.com, for the steps you need to learn to price your services instead of bill for them. Learning to price is the single fastest change you can make in your business with the largest immediate impact to your profitability. More information is at my website. Just go to shethinksbigcoaching.com forward slash free hyphen stuff to find out more. All right, that's it from me. Have a great week. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there.